Tech Talk, a technical futures for engineering leaders podcast. What's it like working at the world's number eight international design firm in transportation? Welcome to our first episode of Tech Talk with my guest Gavin O'Connor, Stantec New Zealand General Manager of Transportation. Here Gavin shares what's working in engineering, advice for aspiring specialist engineers, designers, planners and scientists, and the Stantec approach that's guiding the way we move, live and work. So Gavin, welcome to the podcast. I'm wondering, what's it like working at the world's number eight international design firm in transportation? Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. I guess I'd start by saying it's it's pretty cool. You know, you, there's a really good range of projects across our business. Um, when you look at what the eighth largest transportation design firm looks like, it, it looks pretty aspirational. There's some projects there that are once in a generation projects and being part of that group gives real opportunity for people to work on projects they may never have had an opportunity to do so prior and whether those projects are local or or international trying to link up those teams to to create some real technical development and career growth for individuals is is yeah quite an awe-inspiring opportunity really that's actually struck me about stantec just in my dealings with your business which have now been over a few years i guess is that you guys really do function as as one team. I think a lot of people talk talk about it and Stantec kind of seemed to me to live the talk. We do, we, and we pride ourselves on that. You know, I, I think back to some recent feedback we got from a client in New Zealand where they said, what sets us apart from the crowd is how we collaborate, how we genuinely get stuck in and work with our clients. And Hearing that is is fantastic because that's what we've set out to do. We really want to be the team that people enjoy working with. But at an internal level, it, it brings some opportunities that are just fantastic for our individuals. And again, I think of an, op- an example of one of my team coming to me and asking for permission to go on a site visit. And this is a senior member of staff. And I said, you don't normally ask for permission for site visits. And he said, no, but this one's in uh, Ecuador. And I thought, well, yeah, okay, maybe you do need you, you do need permission. And clearly that was pre-COVID. But his his technical expertise is in a real niche market in, in pedestrian planning and modeling around airports and major event centers. And our, our South American business and North American business, for that matter, calls him in because he's got those skills. You know, it's just fantastic. And being able to share those messages with up and coming stars in our business gives them a real line of sight of what's possible, which is great. Fantastic. So tell us a bit about your career journey. You're obviously uh, not originally from here. Um, so where did you start? How did you land here in New Zealand? And talk about your career trajectory since you've been with Stantec? So I, I, I'm from the northwest of England, from Liverpool. I started my professional career in local government, actually. I worked for Liverpool City Council for five or six years. And coming into 2009-10, the, the world was a changing place. The GFC had hit, and I guess opportunities were more limited than they had been prior. Myself and my wife took a step back and said, well, what do we want to do at the moment, given what's happening in the market? Is the is now the time to try something different? And we agreed it was, so we did just that. We we interviewed with a few companies across this side of the world, and uh, the first interview I had was Stantec or, or MWH, as we were back then. Initially, I thought, 
the people sound great, but I don't think the role's for me. It was based in Hawke's Bay. I was used to city life and I thought I needed that moving forward. And I interviewed with a couple of other companies in a, in a couple of different locations. And the more I thought about it, the more it felt right to come to NWH. I got a really good impression from the team, but also I was moving the, diff- the other side of the world and I figured, why not try something totally different to what I'm used to, both in terms of a day job, an employer, and, and a location. So we did that. Uh, and I joined in 2010 thinking, I'll put the career on hold for a wee while. I'll be an engineer in the local office in Hawke's Bay, which on a map looked like the middle of nowhere. I'd never been there before. I thought that would be the short-term career on hold and, and we'd enjoy the lifestyle. And it's been anything but, really. Over the last 10 years, I've gone from a local engineer to a local team leader to, to leading the discipline across New Zealand and then ultimately to to leading the whole transport business from Hawke's Bay. And those opportunities, I don't think they exist in every business by any stretch of the imagination. I think Stantec's been really accommodating to, to build a path for me to allow me to excel and lead the team from Little Old Hastings, which has been, yeah, a great ride. Tell us a bit about the types of projects that you guys deliver. And probably for some for some crunchy information around that, I guess, how do you navigate your business and your team out of projects that are going sideways? How do you how do you navigate through the messy middle of projects that that you and your team deliver? Yeah, that's a, a, a really good question, Chris. I guess we've got, at a broad level, we've got a really good mix of project type, really good cross-section of works in what I'd call advisory, so transport planning, business case type work, and all the way through to delivery, so deliverance on complex transport projects, $100 million plus capital build, and everything in between so at a fundamental level, that provides a really good cross-section of opportunity for the team. But you're absolutely right. Not every job goes swimmingly <laughs> and every job has has different challenge, whether that be client challenges, resource challenges, technical challenges, that they all exist. Uh, we, we sort of pride ourselves on having the best team for the project. So it's not unusual for people sat in Hastings to be working on Auckland projects and vice versa. We really try and mix up the teams to bring a, a genuine national view. So that helps. It means you've got the right people, not just the local people. But, but even still, there's, there's challenge within each of the projects on occasion. So I guess how do we, how do we work that through? We, we get stuck in, you know, so we, we try and support our leaders, uh, both technically and people leadership. We invest quite a bit of time into that, quite a bit of money into that to, to put them through formal training, to support them in their leadership roles. Because ultimately for me, the projects that go the best have got the best leadership. Uh, and that doesn't mean you make the right decision all the time, but it does mean you make decisions when you need to make decisions. You don't dwell. You make a decision, you move on, you push forward to a to a, an agreed common outcome. So that, that's where we would start by making sure we've invested enough time in supporting the people with the resources they need to deliver. But then secondly, n- no one's out of touch in our business. So if a project's going off kilter and it's a political issue or a client issue, if I need to get stuck in and have difficult conversations or try and realign the project, then the team will come to me and ask me that. And that's true of all of our senior leaders in the business. There's no one out of reach if, if we need people to get the boots on and get stuck into their mud. 
we do that. We we really try and rally around to make sure that every project is successful and our people are supported. What's also struck me in my relationship with Stantec, if you were to compare it to some of the other large consulting brands out there, particularly the international consulting brands, is that the Kiwi business for Stantec has always seemed to me to be very self-determined. So whilst it's part of a larger international organisation, it strikes me that Stantec understands that New Zealand is a different market and it's a unique market. And the size of it doesn't seem to diminish its importance to the broader global business. Do you want to have a bit of a riff on that? I think that's yeah, bang on the money, Chris, really. We've our New Zealand business is set up as a New Zealand entity. So we we run our own profit and margin and and, and our own bottom line business. We don't report into an Australia business or a wider Asia Pacific in, in that regard. It's we hold our own budgets, we hold ourselves accountable and and we deliver to those budgets. The North American and the global business at Stanta, they allow us to do that. You know, they've empowered our team here to to lead our local business. Certainly we report up how things are going at a strategic level. Uh, certainly we seek support from them for investments green life funding to to go and chase new technologies or new opportunities and and we seek support from them for resourcing so uh, big projects that might come to light you think of uh, uh, city rail or or, uh, Auckland light rail if that was to happen we'd lean on our North American business to provide support in that into that project and and that opportunity exists but it, it exists because the business as a whole has a strategic direction but that doesn't stop us running a local business at a New Zealand level. And you don't have to look far in New Zealand to see who's accountable for the business. There's a, a country manager who, who I report to, and then there's three general managers who look after our main revenue streams. I'd like also just to talk about briefly, I guess, the current state of the infrastructure and construction and consulting markets in New Zealand with our borders shut um, for the foreseeable future, I guess. There's just huge pressure on staffing at the moment across the board. It's the most competitive staffing market I've ever seen. And I guess the purpose of this podcast really is to talk about why Stantec, why people should consider Stantec, and what makes Stantec different in terms of culture from any of the Stantec competitors in the market. Why would people and why should people consider exploring opportunities with Stantec? Yeah, I guess I'll start by saying I agree. It's probably the most competitive uh, or constrained resource market I've I've seen in, well, possibly my whole uh, professional career. The, the borders being closed has, has created a real challenge for us. There's a hell of a lot of work to be done in infrastructure at present, more so than, than in times gone by. And when the workload's high, the demand is high, but the supply isn't matching in terms of people. Uh, so we're seeing some challenges in, in filling roles. We, we've had some good success in bringing people back to New Zealand from offshore, but that won't fill the void. There's not enough of those returning Kiwis to, to do that. So we need to be a bit smarter about what we do and how we do it. We certainly we look to leverage our global reach where we can to, to supplement our local team, but but most important remains trying to bring good capability, uh, high-performing people, superstar rock stars into, into our New Zealand business at a local level. 
So why would people come and join us? I guess I'm biased, but I, I genuinely think we're different to what other consultancies might be able to provide in New Zealand. Like I said, we are ran at a, at a New Zealand level, so we own our own destiny in that regard, and that gives us a lot of flexibility and agility to change with the market, to support our people through personal and professional growth and to give uh, opportunities to those individuals. But more more than that, I think we're at a really good size that allows our culture and the high-performance nature of our teams to, to really flourish. If I think about my business, there's 230, 240 people in it. There's a lot of research that shows up to about 300 people, you can get a team that's really high-performing, really with a really strong culture, really embedded in the business, who, who have a high level of trust for each other. And, I, and I've seen that because there's it's a, it's a large team, but it's not so large that everyone doesn't know everyone. And I, I take real pride in walking around the offices, talking to the teams and knowing that they're working on projects well outside their local office, uh, supporting national teams and, and feeling really valued as they do that. Uh, so I think we've got that optimum size of presence, certainly, certainly an ambition for us to grow that more. And the reality is we've done that really well over the last two, three, four years. But I think the the culture we've been able to embed at the size we are presently is, is, is quite incredible, really. And people join us because of that culture. They stay with us because of that culture. And quite pleasingly, they return to us because of that culture. And, and as by way of example, I think back to the last 18 months, there must be at least a dozen people who've come back to our business, haven't departed us in the past. And that's a really good sign of they've left, they've tried new things, but something's been missing and, and they haven't quite captured what, what uh, they had when they worked for us prior. Uh, so I take real pride in that, in, in welcoming those past departures back into our business. Absolutely. So just to wrap things up, what advice would you give to aspiring engineers at the moment, given the nature of this market? There's a huge infrastructure program ahead of you guys and the broader infrastructure sector. What advice would you give to people that are just kicking off in their engineering career? Yeah, well, I think that the opportunities present are significant. So there's, depending on what you're looking for, there's real opportunity to get involved in big programs of work, big projects that test your technical capability. I guess the advice I would give to myself in that situation would be find a place where you can flourish both personally and professionally. Uh, find an employer who is going to invest in your development, uh, both on the job and off the job, and find somewhere that you will enjoy working. So when you go to work, you enjoy working with the people, you enjoy the culture, and you feel somewhat at home in that team. Those things aren't always easy to find. So, but but when you find them, they add real value to one your enjoyability of your job, but two how successful you can be in that job. It's really hard to flourish when uh, you're not enjoying the environment, you're not working in a team that's supportive, and you're not being given the personal and professional development support you need. Uh, so they're the most important things for me. And if you can find that in an employer, you you will uh, you will go a long way. Fantastic. And look, I think people can find that at Stantec, just to have a plug at the end. <laughs> <laughs> I totally agree. I mean, I've certainly seen that whilst I've been here and, and my progression through the business is not dissimilar to a number of other people within our business. So that gives you a good line of sight as to what the opportunity could look like. Gavin, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. 
Thanks, Chris. Tech Talk, a technical futures for engineering leaders podcast.